You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Uh, hello. <clears throat> Just kidding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 165, where we will be discussing chapter 15 of City of Fallen Angels, B.D. Bellicosi. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. You know, last week when we were going to record this, I did practice saying that out loud a couple of times, and then I didn't before we actually recorded it a week later. <laughs> um, I didn't read your part or Amanda's <laughs> part, and then I also didn't reread what I wrote, and I had two weeks. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> there's that. Yeah, it's... It's been it's been a crazy couple of weeks for everybody. It seems like yeah, uh huh, wild wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry if you hear YouTube in the background. My kid's homesick from school, so I'm. It's what we're working with here. I'm very sorry. It's how we roll. I wish I were homesick from school. Me too. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially now with streaming. Imagine all the episodes of um, right? Price is Right you could watch. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was going to say you don't have to watch Price is Right anymore. But <laughs> oh. The last time I okay. was sick, it was like everybody in the house was feeling kind of crappy. And I had held it together like the longest out of anybody. And I just, I couldn't anymore. And so I went upstairs into my son's room and it was really dark in there and then I was able to stream like I have HBO on my phone but I don't have it like set up on any of my other TVs so I just streamed Doctor Who on the TV in his bedroom and I stayed in there for like eight hours and I was just like ah mom hibernation (laughs) amazing I don't I I had to get up and look out my window because I thought someone was like spraying my window with a hose no, it's just thunderstorming outside really bad. <laughs> so if you hear that, that's why. Yeah. It's Garth Brooks. Yeah, the thunder rolls. Yeah, Andy wanted to go golfing today. He's like, I don't know how the weather's supposed to be, but I want to go golfing this like late afternoon. And I was like, no. No, you don't. No. <laughs> you don't. You actually it's, don't. No. It's spring in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you guys say we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Jace is a lonely little guy in the silent city held under the care of the world's creepiest doctors. Mm -hmm. It's no surprise that once he lays down to sleep, vivid nightmarish dreams haunt him. The tour guide in his dreams is Max, telling him the angel sent him so that Jace would listen. He spills some sordid details about Jace needing to literally cut out the evil from his veins. <laughs> a good old-fashioned bloodletting, if you will. Jace would do anything for Clary, so he cuts himself and Max finger paints with his blood. <laughs> Just then, Max turns into a Decepticon and Jace is struck with a pain in his chest. Simon's still reeling over Maureen's death, and Jordan is able to convince him to call upon the Hunters of Shadows to help figure out who was so hell-bent on vamp-napping Simon. Izzy answers Jace's phone and works out plans to meet Simon at the Fairchild slash Greymark Shindig. At said party, Clary's wandering alone when she's met by Keeley, right? Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Kaylee. Keeley. Anyway. 
who offers her a charm from her queen should Clary decide she wants to seek out her assistance. Their conversation is interrupted by Jocelyn, where they have a misplaced conversation about whether she likes Jace and how her mama just wants her to be happy. Outside, Kyle and Simon arrive where they are greeted by Izzy, who tells both of them that they're here strictly on business and need to leave Maya alone. Mm-hmm. Here, here. I want you to know, as soon as you said leave Maya alone, there was a rumble of thunder, and I was like... <laughs> That was on. That was like perfectly timed. <laughs> I love it. I wrote um, that Izzy was going to meet Jace at, and that's why it took me mm. a minute. I was like, "That's not right. <laughs> that's not right." Well, you guys, the Ironworks is popping. Okay, they've got rope lights, which anyone who lived through the early aughts knows that that means it's going to be a good party, <laughs> dude. So Luke's pack seems to be working the event, which I I kind of understand because they wanted to throw him a party. But then I it also seems just like weird that like he can't enjoy the party with his pack. Like that was the whole point is that like his pack could be involved, but like they're serving drinks, uh-huh. they're not mingling. It just feels weird. But maybe because he's like uh-huh. the leader, I agree. There's a, like a hierarchy thing going Dude. on. I don't know. That's how my in-laws used to do parties and stuff. Like, you would, like, serve everybody food and all this other stuff. And then I did a party for my kid. And I was like, no, buffet. Yeah. yeah. Get your own get your <laughs> own food. I'm not going to. No. I made it. Everybody wants to. We're here to, to like, spend time with yeah. each other. Buffet. Oh, I love it. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. I'm like, so Maya's a guest. But, like, how do you decide who is working and who gets to have fun but maybe mm-hmm. i'm just right? the only that, one that, that has sounds like a christmas party yeah, exactly <laughs> a work christmas party where only the yep. office people have to work and everyone else gets to just have fun yeah. <laughs> that's yes. our christmas party exactly <sighs> so simon declines a fizzy drink remembering his experience as a rat from magnus's party he's like uh <laughs> no thanks <laughs> And he spots uh, Maya, who looks radiant, of course. Um, But when she sees Simon with Jordan, she, like, turns away, which 100% is a tiny bit of a revenge play because her dress is backless and she looks banging. (laughs) Right. It's, like, super low cut in the back, revealing her butterfly tramp stamp that Jordan notes, quote, I don't think she had when I knew her. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. She was a fucking child. <laughs> Dude. She still is, though. I know. My um, my husband and I are planning, like, we're trying to decide and, like, nail down a design of a tattoo we want to get for our 10th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And my child is like, why are you getting so many tattoos? I'm like, because they're cool and they will, I want them and I'm an adult. She's like, yeah, but you won't let me get one. I'm like, you're 12. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <clears throat> Absolutely not. You're right. These two are not the same. <laughs> right. No. Oh, Bryn's the same way. She's like, well, when I'm 16, I'm like, no. I'm like, you want to go get damn near anything pierced. I'm all for it. But you have to wait until you're 18 to get yep. tattooed. Just end of. Mm-hmm. I um I watched this TikTok. Of course, that is my life. But this woman was saying, like, that she regrets her tattoos that she got. 
Um, not like that she regrets being tattooed, I think, but it was like the tattoos that she mm-hmm. picked. And she said, like, imagine picking a sweater to wear when you're like 19 yeah. years old and then you have to wear it for the rest of your life. And I was like, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I like all my tattoos, though. Even my bad tattoos. I, like, wear them with a – like, I, I'm not going to get them fixed. Like, my moons on my back, they're they're no. so bad. But, like, that's part of it. Uh-huh. Like, I got them when I was 21. I mean, she was, like, literally entirely covered. So, hmm. oh. what would you say? She, like, was, like, wrist, mm. everything, chest, the whole thing covered. So it's a little – I have some, like, kind of – suspect tattoos also but they're not like my entire arm (laughs) yeah oh oh my gosh okay uh where am i oh yeah she was a child so thankfully simon had enough sense to drag a drooling jordan away from the seats um or away into their seats finding clary magnus and alec looking decidedly uncomfortable at their table um Relieved to have company to break the tension, uh, Clary jumps up to greet her bestie, covertly explaining the off vibes. <laughs> it seems like the little convo with Camille was lingering like a fart in an elevator. <laughs> mm. Delicious. <laughs> you can't escape it. <laughs> I can't imagine. Covering for Jace, Clary tells them that he got held up at the inter- institute um, and then shifts their attention back to the table. And she's like, we should sit down. Like, speeches and toasts are going to start. Um, so this party feels very much like a friend's fifth, like a friend's dad's 50th birthday party where, like, your parents are invited because they're friends with your friend's parents but then also the teenagers are there but it's an adult party and you don't really know how to act because when you're with your friends and you're at a party it there's a different like it's just weird it's like there's two separate parties going on at the same time um Uh so magnus uh made the mistake of striking up a polite conversation with jordan um it did not go over well so he meant so Magnus was like, oh, yeah, you're in the Prater Lupus. What does your necklace say? Blah, blah, blah. And he just offhandedly mentions that he knew the founder of the Prater Lupus, Woolsey Scott. <laughs> He's like, great, you know, werewolf family, whatever. And in any other circumstance, it would have been a charming anecdote. But unfortunately, this was not <laughs> the time. <laughs> um. Alec made an ugly sound at the back of his throat. Did you sleep with him too? Magnus's cat eyes widened. Alexander! Well, if you but yes, me, the answer right? is yes. You would have been like, no, he didn't. But I just found out that he yeah. did. <laughs> like, don't be shocked when it's true. And uh, so apparently Magnus's tactic of, like, just not telling Alec anything about his past is not having the desired effect on his paramour. Um, Now I understand how difficult this is for Magnus and like how unfair it is because he's like, obviously you're not ready to hear this, but at the same time, like eh, Alec has a point too. Yeah. And so the, the problem is, is um, Magnus made a mistake. He said, 
Quote, does this mean every time I mention anyone I've ever met that you're going to ask me if I've had an affair with them? It's a bit of a stretch to say that when, in fact, he did have an affair with Woolsey. <laughs> like, that's a bit of gaslighting. I mean, slightly. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think what you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, not that I'm, like, the best person at giving relationship advice, is just <laughs> have the conversation when you start dating. Like, how, right. like, do you want to know all the nitty-gritty details? Are you not interested in knowing? How is this going to affect what, 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 and what? Like, where are you at? What's your issue? Because clearly... Magnus doesn't want or need to have that conversation with Alec, which, to be fair, Alec obviously is very inexperienced. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Magnus isn't worried about it and it's not on his radar. Not that I wonder if it would be on his radar if Alec was a different person anyway. And Alec is still very young and that is still very important to him. And so he really wants all the information and they didn't communicate that. I just find it a little hard to believe that Magnus has never come across this problem with another partner. And it might be because he he hasn't been as serious about most people and so chose people who wouldn't have an issue. But it's a little like, motherfucker, you're hundreds of years old. You should be smart enough to handle this situation. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But love makes us do stupid things, right? Right. Um, Okay. Uh, Where am I? Oh, yeah. Okay. So Magnus tries to alleviate the tension, mentioning how, um, like, he met Napoleon once and he definitely didn't have an affair with him. (laughs) Which intrigues Jordan. Again, not, they shouldn't have been sat next to each other. (laughs) They weren't ready for it. They were too much in, or they should have resolved (laughs) their fight before they came to the wedding. Or not the wedding. Yes. The pre-wedding party. Um, and so Jordan asks, like, is it is what they say about warlocks true? Which I'm assuming he's referencing, like, Magnus's long life and his age, right? Like, it's pretty clear. But Alec doesn't take it that way. <laughs> he's instantly defensive. He's like, oh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, <laughs> whoopsies. I'm going to read this quote from the book. Alexander, said Magnus coldly, and Clary met Simon's eyes across the table. Hers were wide, green, and full of expression that said, uh-oh. You can't be rude to everyone who talks to me. Alec made a wide, sweeping gesture. And why not? Cramping your style, am I? I mean, maybe you were hoping to flirt with the werewolf boy here. He's pretty attractive, if you like that messy-haired, broad-shouldered, chisel-good-looks type. <laughs> hey now, said Joy- Jordan mildly. You don't have anything to be offended about. He just complimented you. Shut up. <laughs> this isn't about you. Right. <laughs> Stay out of it, Jordan. <sighs> so, at this point, Magnus comes to his breaking point, which we have all experienced in the care of children. Um, And he buries his hands in his head and he's like, I'm done. (laughs) I give up. (laughs) Uh And I really feel for Alec in this moment, moment, he's like desperate to connect with Magnus. And he's like, tell me something, anything. Um, And I feel like he's just, he's not just another in a, like he wants to make sure that he's not just another in a long line, line of conquests 
I don't know why it was so hard for me to get that line out. Um, uh-huh. But I also empathize with Magnus being afraid that it would just be too much for Alec because he's clearly not in a headspace to handle that right now either. It's, mm-hmm. But it's mostly because they didn't fucking talk about it. Communication, people. <laughs> so, again, Magnus goes for comic relief, revealing that he's not into mermaids. It's the way wrong move. It's, he just keeps stepping in the shit. <laughs> it's not It's not helping. <laughs> Alex storms off, leaving a bereft Magnus to contemplate why the past mattered so much to his shadow hunter. And Jordan, the resident 18-year-old sage, which we find out he's 18, but <laughs> we've done the math. We've done the math, right? So apparently this means that Maya couldn't, it, the time she was bitten to the time we are now, it couldn't have been more than two years. Because he already had a car and was driving when they were together. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So if he's nice. 18 now. I always thought he was older, but maybe not. Um, I did too. For some reason, I thought he was older, and so I thought it was weird. He was hanging out with Simon, mm-hmm. like, as a friend, because I thought he was a few years older. Yeah. But so he offers a few words of wisdom about how like the past always matters and you can't forget blah de blah de blah. And Magnus is a little bit like, how the fuck old are you? <laughs> and he tells him he's 18 and Simon, we're in Simon's point of view. So Simon has this like internal like, yeah, he's the same age as your boyfriend. So like, watch yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because Magnus is it, uh, like he's not particularly loving the message from a child so but it makes it awkward because then he realizes oh shit (laughs) that makes me oh no um (laughs) something caught clary's eye and she like bolted from the table quickly followed by magnus um who is presumably in search of alec uh and then like simon notices jordan's resumed his ogling um and he warns him like not to approach maya before excusing himself and jordan's like well what the fuck am i supposed to do and he's like i don't know like meditate or something whatever you do you woo woo (laughs) (laughs) so simon catches up wanting to know like what's got clary all spooked and she tries to explain that she thought she saw jace but he's like "Mm." He's not privy to, like, Jace's little jaunt to the Bone City the night before. So he's not exactly connecting the dots. And when he presses for her Uh to explain, she just says that, like, he's having a hard time and she's scared for him. Which is, of course she is. Because who cares about the guy who attacked you and sliced open your arm, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's just, he's just a tortured soul. That's all. So she can fix him. So Clary continues to hedge the subject, <laughs> only revealing that, like, Jace has been having bad dreams and they thought, like, there was a potential for demonic involvement. But she quickly disregards the thought, even after she says it, and extricates herself to go check on her brother lover. And so Simon's not alone with his thoughts for long. Uh Quote, you look sick, said a voice at his elbow, husky, familiar, thinking about what a horrible person you are, which I love. That's the best introduction for Maya. It's the best. Uh, It's beautiful. She's looking hot as hell. And by the banter that she's throwing, like she fucking knows it. She's like, 
this is the revenge dress and like you've got to watch like you've got to stare at this all night long (laughs) amazing they quickly moved through a bit of banter regarding Simon's lack of vampy skills. Um, but at the first opportunity, Simon impressively addresses the elephant in the room. Um, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Let it be known on this day in the year of our Lord and Savior, Pedro Pascal, Simon Daylighter Lewis did of his own volition <laughs> confess to being a bad boyfriend. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, I'm sorry I ruined it with my laugh. No, it was good. I liked it. I couldn't help it. It was encouraging. I was really happy. I was like, yes, I got one. Okay, one last quote for the book. Uh, She smiled crookedly. Bat says I shouldn't be so hard on you, she said. He says guys do stupid things when girls are involved, especially geeky ones who previously hadn't had much luck with women. It's like he can see my soul. So their brief reprieve is short-lived. Uh, Maya will, like, still wants to not like him. Like, she's like, I, it's hard to be mad at you, but, like, I'm actively trying to continue being pissed off at you because you didn't, you don't deserve to be off the hook yet. And yes. she goes to leave, but Simon stops her and asks her to stay. He's like, please wait. Wait. Baby, come back. more to confess. <laughs> so he apologizes again and he like really means it this time you guys and he agrees that maybe bat's right um but he like really liked being around maya because she made him feel normal like his old self and she's like bro i am a person (laughs) not just a person i am extra and that is not normal But he disagrees, Simon does, because Maya is so real. Um, They just did normal things together, like playing video games and shit. And he's, like, listing off all these awesome things they did and that he enjoyed. And she stops him. And she's like, everything you're listing off right now is great stuff about a friend, not a sexy girlfriend. And Simon's like, well, you didn't act like a sexy girlfriend. I don't know what to tell you. This is what you wanted. You stole my game every time you came over. Like, I was taking the cues from you. Yeah. Uh, So then she adds, plus, like, dude, you are with Jordan. Like, what the fuck? What is going on? And so he defends himself, Simon does, um, because he doesn't, He like, at first he didn't know who Jordan was, of course. Uh-huh. And Maya's like, yeah, Izzy told me, I know, but, like, I just wanted to give you shit for it because mm-hmm. it's funny. And I feel that in my soul. That is my love language, talking mm-hmm. shit to make you feel bad about yourself because I love mm-hmm. you. How does that make yeah. sense? I don't know. I know. It's the way you were shown love as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like um, my brother, I'll tell him, you're not ugly or you're not fat. You're ugly or you're not ugly. You're not. <laughs> like, that's supposed to make you feel better. <laughs> Why do I do that? whatever (laughs) that's because it's your brother (laughs) yeah Uh, so um he simon must like really like jordan and feel for him and like we said i guess if jordan's not a bad person that makes simon not a bad person either i suppose is in his mind so he starts defending jordan and like he jumps straight into bro mode and he's just like listen to all these things 
So he tells her all about how Jordan picked up Simon's case because he had seen Maya's name in the file. And the Praetor Lupus wouldn't let him check on Maya. So the first time Jordan had turned, it was the night he had bitten Maya. And so it was like, it was a good excuse. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. he, he Mm -hmm. had pretty decent reasoning. And Maya has no idea how to process this info dump that uh, has just been laid on her. So um, Simon's just like, well, Jordan's over there if you want to catch up with him. Like, whatever. I don't know what to say from here. Uh (laughs) Make it awkward. And then he adds that he's sweating because it's hot as fuck in there from all the people. So he's got to go outside. Wait. No. He's a vampire. That's what I would have said. Because at every party, it is entirely too hot. (laughs) And I have to go outside to cool off. Every party. In fact, sometimes in the morning when I come down from my shower, I have to go in the garage for a minute and cool off because I'm too hot. Oh, dude, you need to bring a fan with you, like a yeah. 50-year-old lady. <laughs> yeah, I have a fan in my bathroom, but, you know. <sighs> so then we jump over to Clary's POV, and she's outside, and she sees Jace, like, from afar, and he is looking really good in his dress-up clothes because that's what I'm going to call them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's a pretty princess and he just pulled him out of the chest and she's surprised to see him already because the silent brothers made it sound like it would take days to like do all this shit with him and he just shrugs it off like well it didn't so here I am <laughs> and he adds that they're dramatic and it was just a simple fix like it was no big deal Um, he didn't he says he didn't come inside because he wanted to talk to her um And she's like, um, duh, yeah, of course you want to talk. Tell me everything. Tell me how it's going. And he tells her about the box of his father's things, but he didn't feel anything. Like, none of it felt real. He didn't connect with it is the gist that I was getting from that. But V-Tang was real, he adds. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? Like, that's weird. Okay. (laughs) So he asks her if um, he were actually Jace Morgenstern, if she would love him. And she's like, "Um, that would mean that you're my brother again. (laughs) But yes. So that's a weird thing to ask. (laughs) But clearly. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But she adds that she's like, no, because then you wouldn't be you. So like, probably not. I don't know. This is this is weird. So Jace is clearly disappointed with that answer. What? Why? <laughs> like, that's not who you are. So, like, why would you be disappointed? That's like asking your spouse if they would still love you if, I don't know, like, you had four eyes and, um, like, 20 teeth on the outside of your cheeks. <laughs> I don't know. That's not who you are. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Um he obviously feels conflicted. So I'm going to read this because I'm not doing a very good job explaining it. He says, I look at myself in the mirror and I see Stephen Herondale, but I act like a lightwood and talk like my father, like Valentine. So I see who I am in your eyes and try to be that person because you have faith in that person. And I think faith might be enough to make me what you want. The fuck? I... I'm, I'm ready to move on from this. It's just, it's a little much, Jace. <laughs> I feel like, um, 
he should have come back from the silent brothers feeling a little bit better mm-hmm. <laughs> like you got this demon shit out of you supposedly you should feel renewed and refreshed but it sounds like he was just oh, totally overthinking while he was there Yep. <laughs> Thinking about beating and all of that. Anyway, so Clary tells Like, did him, you take a shower while you were yeah. in there to get all those thoughts together? <laughs> yeah, right. Shower thinking the whole time. That's another thing. Do they even have bathrooms in the Silent City? Maybe they're for humans? Do the Silent like, Brothers even eat? or they don't eat. Or go right? to the bathroom? Like, are they just in stasis mode? Right. I mean, we asked the question, do vampires poop? I wonder. Right. right. <laughs> Do Silent Brothers poop? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I think it's funny to imagine them pooping in their robes. Like they clearly would probably take their robe off, right? Because we're four, and they're just in their boxers. Because we're four years old. They're not wearing boxers. Yeah. No, they're, they're free balling. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh no, I was thinking they have like the old timey like breeches under their like pantaloons if you will yeah because they're like i don't think they've had a style update since their inception like bloomers yeah. or something mm-hmm. <laughs> old timey huh. people undies i was they're um... actually just in what is it a chemise yeah. <laughs> yeah. they like the cool breeze <laughs> they're like we fancy yeah <laughs> So I was always imagining Silent Brothers to be wearing, like, dark robes for some reason. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Like, dark gray, maybe. And I was reading, and I don't know which book it was in, but I was reading another book. And it said something about a Silent Brother wearing robes that were parchment colored. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they always have been. I had no idea. So, anyway, my point is maybe you can see through them. So... Mm. They maybe do have to wear some sort of underwear because maybe you could see their outlines. Oh, come on. You know, I just always imagine like unbleached cotton. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. they've got like an underskirt and a, like, yeah, extra layers. They probably got knee high stockings. Yeah. What are, what's going on under there? Except yeah. Jim's wearing boxer briefs. Well, yes. Yes. Because Jim keeps up with the times. Okay. He's wearing Calvin Klein's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Just so we're clear. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay. So Cleary tells Jace that he is what she wants. And she feels like what my mom used to call a broken record (coughs) from repeating herself all the time. And she is constantly reassuring him that she loves him. And she's like, I know who you are. And someday you will see it too. Just stop worrying about losing me because it's getting annoying. Okay. Thank you. And he's like, prove it. Prove it. Give me your hand. And he tells her, like, remember those runes I told you about that shadow hunters get during their wedding? They're like love and commitment runes. I want to give you one that binds us together. But it's permanent. Okay? Uh, yeah. The fuck? Mm. Yeah. And that's it. That's where my stuff <laughs> ends. Awesome. That's all she wrote. Okay, so Clary's like, permanent rune. Just a crazy teenager. What would my mom say? (laughs) But 
on the other hand, nothing is convincing this guy. So let's just put this in the fuck it bucket and say, why not? I mean, what else do you do with it? Obviously. Mm-hmm. So she hands Stace, no, Jace, her Stella, <laughs> and he takes her arm and begins to mark her. She's so cold that the heat from the rune feels good at first. And then she takes a sudden exit into Nopesville, where her nerves and her body start protesting that this rune, this ain't the rune. Mm -mm. There were no feelings of love and commitment. There was something sinister, something that spoke to, like, control and submission. Mm -mm. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. Clary uh, has a thought where she wonders if Jace might have accidentally, like, drawn the wrong rune. But she's like, eh, this is Jace we're talking about. And he's like a prefect. <laughs> and once the rune is complete. <laughs> thank you. I love Took you. Me a minute. <laughs> Clary feels dizzy. And she tells Jace that she thinks he might have made a mistake. And he answers with a statement that doesn't really address her concerns. He just placates her by saying that he does want to be bound together. And he would never lie about that. Before she can keep quizzing it up, she faints into Jace's arms. That's it. It's bye. So we slip back over to Magnus's pov. And he's looking for Alec. And I guess Magnus hasn't really bought into the Ironworks vibe as he thinks of this party as like extremely boring. He's not into it. This is a boy. He's not. He's not dazzled by the role plays. How dare uh, he? He finds his dude. He finds his bow seated at a table with like faux white roses. Ah, the early aughts. Mm-hmm. Although I don't have a leg to stand on because my wedding color was like a cheaper version of Tiffany blue. <laughs> so. Like, exposed. That was definitely what was popular. Then I'm sure it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alec is looking broody and alone at an empty table, and Magnus takes a seat with him, asking if he wants to go back to Vienna. And Alec ignores the question, and Magnus continues by telling him that they could go anywhere except Peru because he's been banned, which is a funny story if he's interested in hearing it. (laughs) I loved him. <laughs> I know. Alec is all of the young, hot-headed teenager again, so he just keeps ignoring Magnus and, like, like physically turns away from him. And Magnus decides that he's going to, uh, like, amuse himself by changing the color of the drinks and the champagne glasses on the table to, like, different colors. And he gets to three of them before he can change, and before he can change the fourth, Alec reaches across the table and slaps his wrist, telling him to stop because people are looking. And I am like, excuse me, what the fuck? I'm so surprised Magnus is putting up with him. This is Mm. the ancient fae versus young human trope that like Kristen isn't into. And I'm assuming um, when this was written, like, like we had no red scrolls, like to kind of back up any, like, I know I've said it a bunch of times, but like, that would be an immediate no for me. Mm -hmm. Bye, Felicia. Absolutely not. Agreed. I just, I don't understand how Magnus is just, I would not be continuing this conversation. That's all I have to say. Absolutely not. I would not entertain this conversation any longer. Yeah. No. Out of line. Mm -hmm. Inappropriate. You are out of order. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) On top of it, like, who the fuck cares? Look at the environment we're in. It's okay if people know there's a warlock there. Oh, I know. Yeah, what's your... Does it look like he's throwing a fit? Like... It's weird. 
I think more people noticed you slapping his hand than me changing the colors. Okay, I said uh-huh. he is an eye magnet. <laughs> yep, I do that to you all the time. We get passionate and then you are the person. Okay, what actually happens is Magnus tells Alec that he's trying to find something to do to pass the time since Alec isn't talking to him. I have to do something while you're not talking to me. Mm-hmm. And Alec's reply is that he isn't not not talking to him. And Magnus, like, cites the evidence from their one-sided conversation that just happened. Like, you're not not talking to me? What the fuck was that? And Alex says that he doesn't really know what he wants. Magnus looks at Alec longingly and wonders why he thinks that humans are the most beautiful creatures on Earth. And he pins down that he thinks it's their mortality that makes them blaze brighter and wonders if, like, Raziel ever considered making Nephilim immortal. Because this is all going through his mind. Mm -hmm. Not, like... I'm going to, like, be so irritated at this bratty teenager. Because that's what would be going through my mind. Uh Um, Alec is like the meme of the couple laying in bed where the woman's thought bubble is like, I bet he's thinking about other girls. (laughs) But the dude's thought bubble is about something crazy, like, why are all the seas pronounced differently in Pacific Ocean? (laughs) I don't know if you've seen it, but that's what it is. Uh, basically, he thinks that Magnus is looking distant and asks him if it's because he's thinking about Camille. Like, he was literally just in his head romanticizing, like, humans and Nephilim. And then he's like, I bet you're thinking about Camille. And Magnus keeps his head and says that he wasn't thinking about her and then asks Alec how much of the conversation, like, he had overheard with her. And Alec says, um, enough. Like, that was his answer. But Magnus is like, no, let's put the brakes on this crazy train. He magics, like, this fork out of Alec's hand that he was fidgeting with. And he's like, stop messing around. Um, Like, tell me what in this conversation that you overheard with Camille that has you so fired up. Like, we're not doing this. And Alec responds by asking who Will is. And Magnus lets out a little laugh and says this, quote, Will, dear God, that was a long time ago. Will was a shadow hunter like you. And yes, he did look like you, but you're not anything like him. Jace is much more the way Will was, in personality at least, and my relationship with you is nothing like the one I had with Will. Is that what's bothering you? And Alex says he doesn't want to be, um, like, he does sorry, I wrote this weird, like, he doesn't want the reason that they're dating, it was because Magnus chose somebody that looked like a dude that he used to be smitten with, like, I don't want to be your copycat. And they have a back and forth about the semantics over arguing with Camille. Like, basically, Magnus is like, Camille's devious and, like, she says shit to, like, get a rise out of people. And, like, that's just the way that she is and, you like, you don't know her or whatever. And um, Magnus is basically, like, it ends up being, like, what I tell, like, my middle schooler. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, she likes to get a rise. So, like, if you don't engage, she'll get bored. Leave it alone. Yes. and Like, it'll be done. I... Can I just interject really quickly? I'm so Absolutely. sorry. I don't understand how Magnus went all this time. You know, he knew Will and the Herondales. I assume he stayed around long enough to know them and the Lightwoods and stuff. And then he didn't meet Alec until he was, what, 16, 17 years old. That just seems strange. Like, it seems weird that Magnus... Would, and I guess that's the reason so they could date because like I assume Magnus probably would have watched him grow up it's just I don't so I, I don't think know. that he left 
London and moved to America after okay. the events of Clockwork. And so, like, he just kind of was doing his own warlock right. thing That's until fair. then. And obviously the V-Tang, all this stuff, I don't think he would have been super buddy-buddy with Maris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Just because okay. but to your, of the exile but and But to stuff. your point, Amanda, why hasn't he explained that? Why wouldn't yeah, you explain uh-huh. your you history? Like Will is like a great-great-grandpa of yeah. Jace's. Like, I knew him. Uh-huh. It's a weird way to explain who he was. And wouldn't it be Just so much... Well, and it's not... Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. What Go were ahead. you saying, Amanda? Just that all he said was he was a shadow hunter. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't say he is a Herondale. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know how that would make it better, but it would somehow. Well, just the conversation of like I've known your family for like, and maybe that would be creepy. I don't know, but like, yeah, it it would make sense if he was like, oh, there was this evil dude who was like threatening the fucking world, and I helped them out, and that's how I got to know right. Will and fucking like. That's the story. Yeah. Well, also, here's the thing. I I know for us specifically, like, the concept of having somebody, like, that was alive when you're Mm great-great-grandma, like, that is a little creepy. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, there's a little bit of that for Shadowhunters just because they don't typically date downworlders. But the thing with Shadowhunters is they are so obsessed with, like, bloodlines Mm -hmm. Uh and lineage and family history and, like... To be a Herondale is to be a Herondale, and we have a family motto that we all live up to, and we have all these family rings and all this stuff. So I don't think it would be that creep yeah. vibe wouldn't be there for Alec for them to have that conversation because yeah. shadow hunters are super like about it. Basically. I think it would be it would be more intriguing, They're all Slytherins. like learning about history or hearing someone uh-huh. tell a really interesting story. And on and Magnus's point. He's, you know, mentioned many times before that, like, he doesn't think the past should matter. So why is it that big deal, that big of a deal for you to say anything? Like, I love telling Mm -hmm. stories. I love telling. Something will come up. Something will remind me of something. I'll tell my husband a crazy ass story from my past. And he's just like, he looks at me like I'm crazy because he's like, you're a menace to society. He's like, I can't believe that you did some of the shit you did because he was such a good kid. (laughs) I was like, I got it all out of my system early. (laughs) Which maybe, and and like, to be fair to Magnus, I don't think he knew Will was an issue. And so this is the first time he's hearing about Will being an issue. So he might have had that conversation Mm -hmm. had Alec asked him about it in a different setting or like. Yes, that's fair. You know. Yeah. Hey, I know you told me to leave, but I planted a wire and that wire was me listening on the other side of the door. Yeah. Who's this guy? And uh, here's the thing, too. It's also very, like, I think, again, this whole Shadowhunters being super into, like, a Herondale has a prototype of what they look like for the most part. Right. Um, A Lightwood has a prototype of what they look like. A uh, Blackthorn, when you get, like, Blackthorn eyes, Blackthorn mm-hmm. eyes, Blackthorn eyes. Oh, yeah. you know, l- Lightwoods have dark hair and, you know, blue eyes or whatever. Which, obviously, that changed with Herondales later down the line. But, like, so him saying, like, yeah, somebody that looked like him, they had dark hair and blue eyes. Right. Uh, that's 
and they looked like a shadow hunter. You you don't fucking say. All shadow hunters look similar. Weird. Well, also, like, just an added, like, I saved the world with them. And yes, I, yes, Will looks like you because his sister is your great-great-grandmother. Yes. That's why you look like him. Yep. Uh, but, um, you know that thing that Izzy wears? Yeah, that was hers. Because <laughs> it used to be mine. Oh, wait, he yeah. can't tell him that he gave that to Will. <laughs> that would be bad. Funny story. <laughs> you know that family heirloom of yours? Sorry, that was not a quick thing, but I had to mention it. I just, this really bothered me that this is what we, it seems like we're focusing on really surface stuff instead of mm-hmm. cool story stuff. Right. Well, and it's obviously like I think this is kind of setting the foot. Yeah. But still, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Alec isn't ready to stop arguing. (laughs) He's not into it. He doesn't want to rest it. Yep. He keeps peeling off the layers about what is making him upset. And he says that he feels like he's just a cog in the wheel of Magnus's romantic affairs. Paraphrased. And accuses him of never really having to love someone because when they die, he'll just be able to get another lover. And he points out that he had to, like, Alec has personally had to change his whole life because of his relationship with Magnus. And Magnus hasn't really had to do anything different. And it's because nothing really has to matter for Magnus since he's going to live forever. Like, you don't really have to worry about it because you'll just live forever and you can just move on. And Magnus tries to tell Alec that he doesn't care about dot 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 basically but he gets cut off um when alec asks him why he's so into getting the book of the white like why are you so obsessed with the book of the white and like don't be flippant about it there has to be like a specific spell in there that you want maybe one that would make like a certain shadow hunter immortal so that like they could spend eternity together with somebody (laughs) soon alec too soon (laughs) And Magnus is like, oh, God, no. (laughs) I would never. It's like that Family Guy skit where it's like, Mom, have you ever felt uh, like dirty down there? Oh, God, no, no. That's disgusting. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. And Magnus is like, I would never knew that. And Alec is like the... I'm going to say his name wrong. The Ka- Kabe Lame guy? The guy that does the meme with his hands turned out? When he's like making fun of those videos of people doing stupid stuff? I don't know. And he's like, hmm. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I'll have to look Yeah. It. Yeah. I'm doing it. It's K-H-A-B-Y-L-A-M-E. If anybody wants to Google it. <laughs> Somebody does something. Then he like copies the video with them. Oh, and then at the yeah, end yeah, he yeah. just puts his hands out. He's like one of the most followed tuck tech talkers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, that's what he's like. Mm. Um, and then he asks Magnus, like, why he wouldn't make him his own Evanescent song, mm-hmm. you know, by Immortal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Magnus explains that all magic has a price. And the one that would need to be paid to live forever would be like Cray. Uh, and he's also interrupted again mid sentence. But this time it's by Isabel saying that she needs to burrow him on the ASAP. She needs to borrow <laughs> Magnus. And Magnus asks her to go away. But she tells him that Camille has just escaped from the sanctuary and uh, Maris wants him to come back to help find her. 
And Magnus is stuck between said Lex Duralex mm-hmm. and patching things up with Alec. Because if he doesn't go, they might just get the impression that, like, they were in cahoots the whole time. So right. there's that. Mm-hmm. Alec can't believe that um, she was actually able to escape and tells Magnus that he should go. That's from Finding Dory, by the way. Escape. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, before he leaves, he tells Alex that... Um... Wait, what? Oh, sorry. I couldn't... Before he leaves, he tells Alex, like, Alec, he's not trivial in his life. He's, like, he's important. And then him and Izzy walk out of the room. Like, you're important to me. You're not this trivial thing. Gotta go. We're not done here. Mm-hmm. I know this doesn't seem like it, but I yeah. gotta go. And so then, <laughs> right. right. Well, and at least Alec knows about yeah. the clave. Like, I'm sure he knows the implications of that as well. So at least, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like it'd be annoying. Like, if your husband was a doctor and you were also a doctor, like, you would be like, I get it. You have to answer the phone in yeah. the middle of the night. It's your job. Like, you know a little bit more than somebody that's just like, God, you're always on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, it's still kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Not yep. a profession I would pick that need to be on call all the time. It's not my jam. But anyway, we're outside with Simon and he's leaning against the building, looking up at the sky, wishing that he could get some of uh, his human traits back. Just, like yearning mm. for them when someone calls out his name. Urinating. <laughs> like urinating. He just wants to poop. He misses he just pooping. Needs that poop. Yep. <laughs> Simon instantly gets chills. They're multiplying. Um, Because the voice was so familiar, but it was impossible to hear it because it belonged to a dead girl. There's uh, this line straight out of a serial killer movie. And it's, won't you look at me, Simon? Her voice was small as ever, barely a breath. I'm right here. Like, <laughs> creepy dude. Uh, Dread called his way up his spine. He opened his eyes and turned his head slowly. That's right. It's Maureen. Looking like a sickly Victorian child returned from the grave. I don't like it. Simon's... Sl- dude, for real. Simon slides onto the floor in shock. And Maureen giggles. And is like, <laughs> are you surprised? Mm-hmm. And Simon's like, bruh, you're a vampire. But, like, how? It wasn't for me. Like, I didn't do this. And Maureen says it wasn't Simon, but it was because of him. They, as in the ominous, um, ominous note leavers, thought that she was his girlfriend. They came and stole her in the night and locked her in a cage. And they said Simon would come, but he never showed up. Mm. Simon tells Maureen that he didn't know that they had her. And if he did, he would have come. Maureen flips her hair over her shoulder and says that it doesn't matter. Uh when the sun went down that day, they said she could either, like, you can choose to die or you can choose to become a vampire. And she chose vampire. She didn't want to die. And now she gets to live forever. Oh, God. I don't, I, I don't understand. So they gave her the chance, the choice to become dead or to become undead. And they still put her body in a dumpster. So then there was news about it. Like, they didn't just make her go missing. It would probably be easier right? oh, for if, the, she, um, if they faked her death because then no one's looking for her. Mm-hmm. And it, okay, and it okay, proves the fair, point to send the, the message to Simon. Simon. Okay. Yeah. Well, then how did they get her out of the morgue? You, have you heard oh, those well, stories? I'm sure she, 
where people what? just like are still alive. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, God, no. Good God, stop it. Terrifying. Yeah. They wake up. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Ugh, new fear unlocked. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Okay. She is like what, a 14 year old vampire. Yeah. Okay. Um, but unlike Raphael, I guess maybe she hasn't gotten there yet. She's like, now I don't have to have any rules and I can stay out all night. And then, um, you know, she takes care of me. So I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just carefree. And Simon wants to clarify who she is. Is it Camille? Because if so, that bitch is crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simon will be her wing leader and show her all the vampy ways. She doesn't need these people. Maureen says that Simon doesn't really know how to be a vampire. She remembers him biting her. And when Simon says he wants to help her, she says that he could do that by coming back with her to the people who turned her. Like, that's how you could help me. They need Simon because he's a daylighter, um, but they can't touch him with the mark. So they sent Maureen as a messenger to come get him. She might not mean that much to him, but the next person they take will. And they won't stop until he agrees. So he might as well just get on with it and come for you to leave. Like... Wow. They're just going to keep taking more and more people. And, you know. So. That's let's not fuck around. Yeah, exactly. Right. Simon asked Maureen if she knows what they want with him. And he asked if it matters. Like, she's like, no, but does it matter? And he agrees that it doesn't. So then, like, he takes her hand and starts to follow her. And she had some very ambiguous, like, pronouns using to describe people. Like, who are they? Can you be more specific? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the tracksuit people? Right. Demon-worshipping right. people? Like, don't just say they. Be descriptive of what they looks like or who they are or what they do. Who's she? Right. And where are they? Uh-huh. Tell me everything. I've got you questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're being cryptic uh-huh. and it's weird and I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. Hopefully we find out soon. Yeah. We will. After you read tomorrow. No. Next week. God dang it. I'm very tired. <laughs> uh, chapter 16, New York City Angels for next week's episode. Oh, shit. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.